Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Welcome to the program. I am Andy Griffin. Thanks for being here today on it. Man, just an absolutely gorgeous day in Utah's Dixie. We won't even get 100. We'll go 99 today. It's going to be pretty. It's going to be nice. And I'm going to find a swimming pool later. I think that's one of my, my one of my life goals for today is to find a swimming pool and get wet. Uh, I'm live here in the Camping World of St. George Studios. Thanks for tuning in. Jimmy Custon joins me today live in studio. Don't don't get to see Jimmy that often anymore. How are you doing, It's Jimmy? amazing. You're looking good for you know a middle-aged guy <laughs> i'm younger than you barely so, uh, Jim, jimmy uh has been uh now for how long have you been doing that political report for us gosh uh um i don't know close to a year i think has it been that long maybe not uh, maybe this, at least six months at so. least minimum six months so. Seems like we've been at it a while jimmy comes on uh monday wednesday and fridays at seven twenty-five a.m and uh, I've tasked him with the idea that to just find out what's hot politically, and we'll talk about it. And he always delivers, always a fantastic job. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Jimmy, for doing that. If you don't, if you don't know who Jimmy Kesson is, uh, Jimmy uh, works at a local bank here in town. He also has a, a, a flock, I guess it would be. You're a, you're a shepherd. You're you're I, a, a I pastor, pastor a small Bible church in town. Yeah, uh, in town, and we're not going to name those uh, because uh, we kind of want Jimmy has like three separate lives and right now it's a political <laughs> life and he's probably going to say a we thing do keep politics out of the pulpit yeah he's going to say a thing That's or two today point. on the air that might make some of you mad might not who knows but uh, we want to keep those things separate but uh, jimmy again thanks for coming jimmy also was heavily involved in the uh, chamber of commerce and and the sunshiners and unfortunately his job kind of shifted a little in, in the last few months, and so he hasn't quite been as much involved in that as he used to. But uh, we'll, we'll put you at Emeritus. Still, still officially a, a, sh- a sunshiner, uh, Emeritus. I, emeritus I, yeah. I can do after-hour stuff and weekend stuff, but, yeah, I, uh, my main job has me doing different things today. Let's talk now, Jimmy. And, by the way, I think it's worth mentioning. There, there's been – it was kind of weird politically confusing. Okay, there was a Greg Hughes, and then there was a Jimmy Hughes. Greg was running for governor and lost. Jimmy Hughes is running for mayor right now, and uh, he made the final two, so he's in the final deal. Uh, and then there's Jimmy Kessler. So you had Greg Hughes and, and, I'm not related and to, Jimmy Kessler. Right, and I'm not related to either one of them. Right, right. And, and I actually had a few people – But I know them both. Yeah, I actually had a few people say, hey, why didn't you vote for Jimmy for, for mayor or whatever? And I said, wait a minute, what are you talking about, Jimmy Hughes? And they're like, well, yeah, isn't he the one that's on your show all the time? I said, no, that's Jimmy Keston, different guy. Just wanted to make sure it, that it, everyone's clear. It's funny because Jimmy Hughes and I have known each other a long time, and mm-hmm. both of us refer to ourselves as the other Jimmy. The other yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> Well, wait, one of you has to be the Jimmy. The other one is supposed to be well, the Well, you know, since I'm on the microphone with you, Jimmy Hughes is, I'm the other Jimmy. Jimmy Hughes is the, is the Jimmy. How's okay. that? And, Jim, <laughs> and Jimmy Hughes is on the city council, but uh, when, when the election comes around, he'll either be mayor or he'll be out uh, because, uh, because you have to give up your seat. You can't run for both at the same was, time. I don't know that his seat was up this rotation. No? I, yeah, because uh, Vardell seat and he made it through the primary and brian smethurst seat was up i don't know that jimmy's was okay. um was actually up i don't quote me on that st george city 
politics yeah. is something and, I kind of observe and and technically he, from the he, outside he's not in St. In. George politics because he lives in Santa I live Clara. in Santa Clara yeah. so so we get to kind of observe St. George politics without being in the middle of it we don't want to go like abandon local completely here but i do want to talk for a few minutes jimmy about afghanistan uh you know i I had chris stewart on last week and and he talked about how it kind of makes him angry when people go i don't really care about that that's over there uh because afghanistan in a very real way affects us as americans it affects uh, how we're looked at by the rest of the world it affects people that we know who served in afghanistan i have uh, a nephew who served uh, quite quite a bit, an extensive amount of time in Afghanistan and Iraq. I have friends that have served over there. Uh, this isn't something we can just go, oh, it's Middle East, forget about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have to preface any conversation we're having about Afghanistan and this fiasco uh, with the absolute truth that this is not about the American fighting man and woman. This right. is not about our troops. This is not about the boots on the ground. These, uh, these people have performed gallantly mm-hmm. uh, uh, for a generation now, and uh, every one of them deserves our highest admiration, our greatest respect, and they have been failed, just as we've been failed, by leadership. It's, uh, as someone, uh, as has been said quite a bit lately, it's not the boots, it's the suits that yeah. failed. Yeah, good call, um, good call. And, and it's, and it is, it is tragic, and we, and, and Congressman Stewart is right. We do have to pay attention to this stuff for the very simple reason is the United States of America has been absolutely uh, embarrassed and uh, uh, devalued on the world stage by a, a group of people that take a, when I say a long-term view, mm-hmm. these people feel like this is uh, the result that they have been working for for 20 years. And it was just a matter of time before we would uh, lose our uh, will and they would be victorious. And they, so, so that's they're, how they're looking at it right the, now. They're the, like, hey, the, we won. Right. The Taliban and all of these extremist groups, Islamic groups, they, take, they are extraordinarily patient. Uh, um, they don't care how long it takes. They don't care how many generations it takes. It doesn't have to happen in their lifetime. Their goal of world dominance under Sharia law is the only goal, and it doesn't matter how long it takes. And what has happened with our uh, uh, precipitous pullout out of uh, Afghanistan and the fiasco by the way it was done mm-hmm. is we have emboldened these Islamic terrorists. Afghanistan is once again going to be a training ground for terrorism. We've got a wide open southern border. You know, people way smarter than me have uh, been saying for uh, the last few days, uh, besides the disaster of thousands of Americans stranded behind enemy lines, right now. we've got Islamic terrorists around the globe that have been energized. This will energize Hamas and Hezbollah against Israel because they don't see the United States as a credible threat to what they're doing. It's emboldening Russia. It's emboldening China. It's emboldening Islamic terrorists all over the globe. And with our porous southern border, uh, uh, these people now feel like they can beat the United States. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be looking at having to deal with uh, 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 terrorism on a worldwide stage that we hadn't seen in decades. So you're saying that 9-11, which we're getting very close to the 20-year anniversary of the Twin Towers being blown up, you're saying that 
this is going to happen again soon, probably, because of the way the juxtaposition of what's going on with our open border, with the terrorists being kind of fired up now, pretty pretty excited about what's going on in the world. Yeah, they beat the United States. They won. We won. Yay, they're gone. We and this beat morning, them. you know, we talked about this this morning. Uh, this morning, the Taliban threatened the United States of America that we better not better have troops mm-hmm. at that airport past the 31st. And that we better not send our uh, American soldiers out to rescue American citizens outside of the airport, which is the only place they are allowing us. And, and look, I don't know when another attack in America is going to happen. But remember, when we talk about this could happen soon, we're talking about Islamic terrorists. To them, they don't care if it's 20 more years or 50 more years. Mm-hmm. They are never going to stop. And the people that they are recruiting are not going to stop. So, no, do I think that they're prepared to do a, a, an attack on the scale of 9-11 anytime soon? Well, I mean, they just started training terrorists and making plans. It, uh, 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 for us, everything's about what happens next week right. or next year. Or maybe people are thinking about 2022. You know, these people take a much longer-term view of things, and it's just a matter of time. But I think initially we have to be far more worried what this does for us on the world stage. There are bad actors all over the planet Mm -hmm. that have restrained themselves for one reason only. The fear of the reprisal Mm -hmm. of the United States of America and the most powerful military in the history of the world. And that has kept these people in line. Well, we have demonstrated in no uncertain terms because of the failing of an incompetent president that we are no longer capable of being the protector of the planet. Or we are certainly capable, but we no longer have the will to restrain these people. Right, right. that's probably a better word for you it. You push us, we're going to back off. That is what we've told the world. Is, is, is and it, we won't even protect our own people right. in the process. Is, is it as simple, Jimmy, as the commander-in-chief? Is it as simple as Joe Biden is there instead of Donald Trump? Donald Trump, when, when threatened, Donald Trump mint, did not mince words, and I, I really mean he didn't mince words on Twitter or anywhere, but he said, you try this, we're going to come after you with everything we've got. Joe Biden said, you try this, well, we're, well, we're sorry. Absolutely, and, 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 and yes, to an extent it does. President Biden and the people who surround him, the uh, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, his Secretary mm-hmm. of State, his Homeland Security. These are all like-minded individuals. They are weak in the will department. And, um, and yes, uh, um, the commander-in-chief sets foreign policy. You know, domestically, there are a lot of things that the president can't do and he can be restrained. And some of the cor- and courts are already starting to turn back some of the stuff that he has tried to do mm-hmm. apart from Congress. But on in foreign policy, um, the president of the United States sets the foreign policy for our country, runs the military. Right. Um, Commander that is chief. not right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Congress has oversight, but it is not. But they don't run the policy. And uh, uh, and yes, who is sitting in the Oval Office 
makes a huge difference. And if anybody was confused about that, they shouldn't be any longer. And on the, the topic of, of our former president, President Trump, had the opportunity to hear uh, uh, General Kellogg, who was uh, the lead military advisor to President Trump throughout his presidency. He was on Mark Levin's television show last night. Mm -hmm. You can catch that video. Uh, great, great interview. And, 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 of course, Levin does a great job on this station in every, the evening. Every night, 6 o'clock. Um, yep. He was talking about the way that President Trump processed information, got information from all these sources, and then made decisions. And when he said when the president spoke to people like the Taliban, and specifically to the communication director, he said, if you violate anything we're telling you, if you take one step out of line, he said, it was done as only President Trump could. Because the president said, we know where you live. Mm -hmm. We know where your village is. Right. That's where the first bombs drop. Hmm. If you get out of line, we will crush you with the full force of the American military. And these people believed him. And that is, that is leadership. That's the only language they understand. Well, of right? course, because they consider, you know, uh, they consider the... They consider us today, under President Biden, to be weak and no resolve, and that when pushed, we will back down. And, uh, um, and unfortunately, they appear to be right. Mm -hmm. Now, J Jimmy, we're talking with Jimmy Keston today on the Andy Griffin Show. Jimmy, does this attitude of Joe Biden's and his leadership council there does that reflect what America is turning into? I mean, you and I can sit here and be bold and talk about Trump and talk about fear and respect and things like that. But is what we're getting now from Joe Biden, does that reflect the way America is going? Well, look, it certainly reflects that uh, uh, this is we are seeing the manifestation of what the, the, the left in our country values. Right. And it Which is, is and it is. Um, it is social engineering. <laughs> it is um, it is weakness Being where men are. Well, mm -hmm. and let's face it, it's it's men who are uh, 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 weak and uh, reserved and will not stand up for things. You know, all of those kind of uh, um, traditional male roles have been devalued. So we're, we're talking metrosexuals now. Men are turning into ponytailed, uh, tattoo-wearing, and not that there's anything wrong with tattoos, I suppose. But I know. I, yeah, you better be careful because I, I come from the well, motorcycle I'm not, enthusiast world. I'm not world. talking about the Harley or the anchor <laughs> on the shoulder. I'm talking about the, the butterfly on the bicep and, and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, metrosexual, ponytail-wearing, uh, metrosexuals who prefer to be called they and them versus he and him uh, who wear pink a lot and pastel color. I, I, I just... I mean, the stereotype is there, Jimmy, but right. is, it, is it reality? Well, and look, I come from, I, I, I believe that mm -hmm. we must be leaders in our home, leaders in our community, uh, 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 men 
and women are certainly women have a, a, a equal status in almost every area of our country. We're not talking about opportunity. We're not talking about uh, uh, women being incapable of doing certain things. Um, but we are talking about that that could that can be accomplished, and it is accomplished without devaluing. Uh, uh, the role that men play in society. And that's the difference between the left and the right. I, I think that uh, conservatives and uh, those of us on the right, and particularly religious conservatives, uh, uh, we are very much in favor of our daughters and our wives being everything they can be. And whether yeah. that's in business or politics or sports or what, it, uh, uh, achieve uh, uh, everything you were called to do. But that doesn't have to be uh, uh, at the expense of men also fulfilling their roles in right. the home, in in business, uh, and I think that that's you know it 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 wasn't a zero sum game that men had to be weakened in order for, for women, women to, to be stronger. Yeah, because women have always been stronger. Yeah, you know, in in many ways, yeah. women. Uh, uh, in many aspects of life, they are, I know for me, you know, my wife is a, an emotional and a spiritual foundation, even though there's no doubt that I spiritually lead my family, you know, so, oh yeah. that know, partnership is uh, uh, invaluable and no one would devalue the role that my wife plays in, in our family. Awesome. All right, let's take a phone call. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with Andy with Jimmy Keston today. What's up? Yeah, um, I hear you guys talking about this, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, Joe Biden's fault. And, it is? You know, yeah, well, you say it is. I know, dispute what, that. What What happened to George W. Bush? He got us into all this. Well, he never did anything. He never had a, he never had a plan to get out. I, I think that the... Um, I think that there's definitely a point there. The Bush family, uh, uh, George yeah. W. Bush going into Afghanistan, especially expanding into Iraq, um, uh, uh, even if they went in with the right uh, uh, motive, uh, when this switched from stopping uh, the capacity for al-Qaeda and the Taliban to uh, foment terror around the world and turned into nation building, that is where it all went south. And uh, there is plenty of blame to go around both Republican and Democrat uh, uh, administrations and Congress in this idea. In fact, Joe Biden, there's video out there of Joe Biden uh, forcefully defending nation building. Uh, uh, and every time the United States of America has tried to uh, uh, go in and uh, nation build, it runs into problems. Sure, there have been successes, yeah. Germany, yeah. Uh, Japan, but in these third world nations that, I, you know, we have to, you, you're right, there is, uh, uh, this was an inherited mess. But, you know, all you have to do is look at the previous administration under President Trump and the orderly way that they were uh, rearranging this. We hadn't lost a life in Afghanistan in over 18 months. We were strictly doing logistical and support group. It was the Afghan army who was fighting the battles. Excuse they me, lost 50,000 people. Do you mind people. if I ask a couple more questions? I'm sure. Um, you guys are great authorities on this. Um, 
What branch of the service did either of you guys? Serve? Oh, here we go again. This is the guy. This is the guy that says, "Hey, you're not a credible American. You haven't contributed to America unless you've served in the military," which uh, I think is baloney. Uh, Jimmy, I know you. You are uh, you're a father. You're a guy who has contributed to society in so many ways. And I'm actually not going to let him talk anymore well, because and, and he, look, he gets on the same will, thing every but time. But I will speak to this. Um, uh, um, I did not serve. I'm in the post. Saigon fell on my 18th birthday, hmm. April 30th, 1975. My father, World War vet, uh, II vet who had two uh, uh, PT boats blown out from under him and turned down the Purple Heart twice because he didn't want to worry his mother, uh, asked me as I was graduating high school to not uh, enlist, which was my intent, um, because of where we were militarily at that point because he had a feeling like he didn't go halfway around the world and fight in world war ii so that his kids would have to take up arms and he was very much against it i honored my father's uh um uh, uh request and did not uh, go into the military in the post-vietnam uh, uh era but i have been a huge supporter of the united states military and our people in uniform for the entirety of my adult life and uh um and there are there are many ways uh to serve patriotically and to support our military even for those of us who for whatever reason didn't put on the uniform very very well said jimmy thank you i already i, I, already, I turned this mic down that, that guy he, he no but i thought it was important to at least speak to sure. the issue sure and and the thing about it is he can get on the air and he can say, well, if you didn't serve, then you're not a, a true patriot. You're not if you didn't volunteer, then you don't belong. You don't have the right to talk about this. And I think he's absolutely wrong. In fact, one of my good friends, uh, Cade, served in the military, served well, served in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the first one to come to me and say, hey, don't let that guy get to you because he says there are so many ways you can be a good American. You don't have to put the uniform on. You just have to be a good American and serve your country in other ways. So, uh, Jimmy, it's 930. Now, you're welcome to stay as long as you want. I know, I don't, I'm not sure what you have going today, but I've got to get a commercial. I've got to get the weather break in right now. So, uh, Jimmy, thank you, by the way. It's always fantastic talking to you, my friend. Did he really say that? It's the Andy Griffin Show, weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Did a little arm twisting during the break. Not really. He was willing to stay. Jimmy Keston is going to stay with me through, uh, I think, the rest of the show. Yeah, Jimmy? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. You know, unless you get really violent with me or something. <laughs> I twisted your arm already. <laughs> so, it's the Andy Griffin Show on KDXU. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Uh, Jimmy has graciously agreed to come on the show today. We're going to have him on a semi-regular basis. We'll see if we, what we can arrange and stuff. But it's always fun having Jimmy on the show sometimes jimmy says things that i can't really say because i would get in trouble and might lose my job but jimmy can come on and say whatever he wants and and uh, and i can say well i didn't say he didn't and that's pretty good <laughs> so if you want to be a part of the show six seven three five eight ninety that's four three five six seven three five eight nine zero if you want to text onto the program uh, i'll take your text right here i've got my own phone right in front of me four three five four six seven 
Five eight four two. We love to have you uh, be a part of the program. Now, uh, this morning it was reported, and I, it was all over the wire. Uh, Aaron Mendenhall, who is the mayor of Salt Lake City, Jimmy, has declared a state of emergency for her school children in her in her city. And by the way, Salt Lake City is the biggest city in the state, two hundred thousand people. She has said that that school kids must wear masks. And so she has declared it. She has mandated it. Now, every school that is in Salt Lake City proper, the kids have to wear a mask to school. I assume that means the teachers, too. I don't know. Uh, but uh, this is kind of an end around of, first of all, the legislature said we will never mandate that. They've made a law. Second of all, the Salt Lake County Council, uh, the Salt Lake County Mayor, said, well, let's do mass. The council voted it down, like something like nine to four or something like that. And, and so uh, this Mendenhall lady has decided, well, I don't care what law there is. I don't care who voted for what. I'm the mayor, and I'm going to go around everything they said and make my kids wear masks to school. Any thoughts, Jimmy? You know, health freedom has become the issue of our time. It's and, starting uh, to, yeah. And and the um, it is fascinating that the... Um, the latest focus of the, um, well, of the mask mandating, uh, you know, attack on freedom is against our kids. Yeah. Uh, the least vulnerable among us when it comes to COVID, the least likely to have a bad outcome. Uh, people, kids are not getting sick and dying from this. Uh, uh, um, you know, there is, um, you know, this is, you know, look. The virus is real. You and I have both had it. Mm-hmm. You and I were both sick from it. It wasn't fun. You know, it was not fun. I am eternally grateful that I've got through it, that I'm, uh, 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 you know, stayed out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was very sick. I'm also glad that that now has given me uh, uh, immunity uh, to this. I've got, you know, the antibodies, which then go become T-cell immunity, which means that I have got durable and long-lasting immunity to the covid virus as many people do my biggest concern you know i would i would pay attention at least somewhat to what folks like this were saying if they were consistent about the actual medical side of this stuff and you know until these folks start talking about uh, uh the immunity that those of us who have had covid uh, uh have and uh um and Focus the efforts where they belong towards protecting those people who would be most vulnerable to having a bad outcome. It is hard to take them seriously on this other stuff. And, you know, this battle up uh, up north, I assume this is probably going to end up uh, uh, in the courts. But, you know, there's one thing that has kind of become a mantra of the uh, left these days in this country, and that is it doesn't really matter if it's legal or not. It doesn't really matter if it'll hold up in court. By the time anyone is able to stop us in court, we'll have already done be what we wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, and um, you know, the, the old joke is it used to be it's better to ask for uh, forgiveness and permission, right. but uh, uh, they have taken this to uh, new extremes where they are um, impacting um, uh, uh, people in completely unconstitutional ways. You know, uh, um, if you want your kids in a mask, I feel sorry for you, but I respect your right to do that. Um, uh, if, uh, it, and my kids are adults now, so they make their own decisions, but you know, uh, uh, if you want your kids in a mask, it doesn't mean 
that I should have to do the same. I have, you know, there are parental rights that I believe Trump. I was, I was just going to say. Mayoral rights, uh, teachers' rights, school board rights. Um, it is the parent who is the primary and last word on what's right or wrong for our kids. Well, I, I will say this, Jimmy. The, the FDA has not approved these shots for use for kids under the age of 12. And so I could the see... The FDA hasn't approved these shots for anyone yet. Actually, they're they just, on emergency they use. They just did today approve Pfizer. Pfizer approved Pfizer. Yes, yeah. just did today. I knew that was... I heard that was coming. Yeah, they, they did it today. But, but my, my point being, if my kid who's nine, I don't have a nine-year-old, this is hypothetical, can't get the shot, and I'm worried about them getting sick, and some parents are, you know, the helicopter parent, a little bit more worried than other parents... Uh, should I be on the side of, yeah, let's all wear masks? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I can kind of almost, Jimmy, see their position of going, well, I'm a little bit worried. Well, look, if, um, if masks work and the masks that most of us are wear, uh, we have documented data, they do not work. There's not a single mask mandate anywhere in the world that has a, a slowed or prevented uh, uh, the surges in COVID cases. Uh, at this point, we've got 18 months of actual data. You know, this is not March or April of 2020, where we had no idea what we were dealing with, right. and uh, people uh, uh, were not sure what was done to this virus in the Chinese lab. You know, yeah. uh, we have 18 months to have studied this virus and sure. what works and what doesn't work. And here's the problem. The cloth masks don't work. Virus particles, it's not, like, uh, it's not like you need something to keep someone from, you know, hocking a loogie and spitting in your face. Right. Virus particles are smaller than the particles that fog your glasses when you put a mask on. Good point. Good and, point. Uh, uh, an airborne, so these masks, these masks do not work. And if your, ma- if your mask did work, then what does it matter if I have one on? And don't give me the, you know, it's better if we're both wearing pants argument, because that's just <laughs> nonsense. That went around for a while, didn't it? All right, we got a couple of folks on hold, so let's go to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with Andy and Jimmy Kesson this morning. What's up? Hello? Yeah, that's you. Go ahead. Good morning. Hey, um, yeah, how are you? Good morning. I kind of listened to a part of uh, what your guest had to say, and then I had to go take care of my son that had covid Anyway, um, as for as for um, this contract tracing stuff that you hear about on the TV and stuff, so he was on the 16th, took the test and was positive. They called me on the 16th in the afternoon. I called back and they put me on hold for a half hour with their soothing music and wouldn't call back. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the people here at, at the Southwest Utah Health Department. And talked to the epidemiologist, and she couldn't be. She couldn't help me at all. She didn't. I said, "Where can I get a box of masks? Because they're forty dollars, right? I already paid a hundred dollars for his test. Because over here in Laverkin, you can't get a test. So um, she could. She could have cared less. Seriously, and there are quite a few people sick over here, and she could have cared less. And then yesterday. On the Sabbath, this contract tracing guy calls me at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 
exactly what uh, six days after he, if I had not followed the rules and kept him locked up, he could have infected a thousand people. Yeah. His contact tracer calls me up on Sunday afternoon. I answer all his questions and I start to say, look, I want my hundred dollars back. Maybe I was badgering him a little. I said, where's all this COVID money? This is Sunday. Okay. Uh, as far as I know, the, health department is closed on Sunday. Right. And I said, look, you're getting paid 40 or $50 an hour to sit there. And he said, yeah, something like that. And I said, well, where's this money? I can't even get a box of masks down here for free. So as far as I'm concerned, this public health department and these mayors who think that they can go around the law and the public health department down here doesn't know what they're doing. They could care less. It's uh, my son easily could have infected a thousand people because of the breakdown of the public health system. All right. Interesting thoughts. Jimmy, any reaction on that? Uh, I mean, first question, how's your son doing? I put him, I, I have a doctor over here that put him on ivermectin. Okay. Excellent. And, and it knocked it down. Yeah, a lot of vitamin D and, and vitamin zinc. Even after he recovers, I, uh, uh, I'm not a doctor. This is just my, uh, what I've learned and what I would do for myself, so I'm not giving medical advice on the radio. Um, but uh, um, zinc, vitamin D, really important, helped me quite a bit um, uh, uh, in my recovery uh, from COVID, even after I got outside of the, the quarantine zone. Um, and look, this is a real virus. And I, you know, one of the reasons that really I was really upset about our approach to COVID is part of the emergency youth authorization. And maybe this will uh, uh, start to change now that the FDA has approved at least one of these, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, vaccines. But um, part of the emergency use authorization uh, law that allowed uh, these vaccines to be used before there was FDA approval is there can't be a agreed upon treatment for a disease in order to get emergency use authorization. And we've no known sense. for some time yeah. that uh, high doses of vitamin D, C, zinc, and things like ivermectin uh, uh, prior to that, things with uh, quinine in it, like hydroxychloroquine, that this made a difference if you caught COVID early and made a huge difference in the recovery uh, uh, period, uh, improving it. But it was not being prescribed because there was no official treatment. Because if there was an official treatment, they couldn't Can do the emergency. They couldn't do the yeah. emergency yeah. use on the vaccines, and it has it has been at the expense of the health of the American people. And uh, uh, and it is it is extraordinarily distressing. I will. Uh, credit where credit is due. Our local health department uh, did advise our county commission and our school board that they should uh, that there was no need for mask mandates. Uh, there was no need for uh, these kind of restrictive policies, uh, and we will give them credit for that. But um, uh, it is it is distressing getting accurate information. All right, line two. Hey, thanks for calling. What's up today? It's me now. Yep. Say, uh, do you know, are you familiar with a man, a doctor, called Sean Brooks? Sean Brooks. No. I can't say that I am. He was featured on the Kate Show last uh, Friday. And uh, you can go on her podcast and hear it for yourself. But he said that anybody that gets vaccinated 
not 1% of you, but not 5% of you, but every single person who has got vaccinated will die in the next three to five years. Yeah, I, 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 thanks for the call. Interesting. I, first of all, I don't want to promote her show on, on this show. We are, actually have logic and reason on, on, on our show. That show gets a little bit out there, but uh, I don't believe that's true. I, I, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting those people I know who have ha- taken the vaccine to uh, uh, die in the next uh, three years. That's I, I'm one of them, Johnson and Johnson. So uh, I should start counting the days. Maybe I have left. Well, at, at our age, you know, the odds are against <laughs> us anyhow. But ouch, <laughs> <laughs> make a good point. Line three. Hey, thanks for calling. What's up? Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, uh, good morning to both of you today. Good morning. Uh, good morning. It was nice to see you, Andy, over at the barbecue place the other week. Yeah, uh, for sure. That was, a, that was a great class, was it not? It, it sure was brisket. Oh, man. I, I served in the military, and I wanted to say something to the fellow that was on the uh, other line a little while ago that you turned him down. Sure. I hope he's still listening. There is so many supportive roles that he does not even know. Like, for instance, your family, when we were deployed, my wife had to take care of the fort at home. Everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. My family wrote me letters. My grandmother wrote me letters. This is back when you only had cassette decks. (laughs) So you didn't have a phone. And then if there was an emergency, they called you on Mars phone. And when you were done talking, you you said over. And then they could talk. They said over. That's how you talked out of seat. But, uh, my Lord, not being a true American because you didn't serve. How about you just take the whole family of one person? And all the friends there, they're all in that supportive role. That really pisses me off to hear this guy talk like that when he don't even know what he's talking about. I'd really like to say something to him that that, (laughs) I think you just did. I cannot say on the radio. (laughs) I think we we kind of got the gist of that one. But first and foremost, thank you for your service to our nation. Uh, uh, Our gratitude gratitude is beyond our words to be able to express. But you are so right. I remember, and, you know, uh, uh, some of us are old enough to remember uh, when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait and the oil fields were on fire and uh, we first sent military into the the Middle East for that. Well, you know, we had a family, we had a family in our church. We were living in, in Las Vegas back then, uh, where he got deployed to the oil fields. And, you know, our, uh, the, the ladies of our church, my wife, especially, uh, uh, um, not only, uh, rallied around him, but, you know, uh, uh, there was such a support network for her and the kids, uh, while her husband was halfway around the world, and uh, and go. and they've been lifelong friends since. And my my wife and and her met through that experience. And you know our families have been lifelong go. friends since. And you know we have always done uh, everything we can to support our men and women in uniform. There uh, you go. Uh, some of us some of us did not have the opportunity uh, uh, to serve, and some of us had really good reasons why uh, we didn't necessarily put the uniform on. But, yes, you're absolutely right. You cannot judge patriotism on those kind of arbitrary uh, things. It's a heart attitude. It's it's what we do to support the men and women who have uh, uh, put their lives on the line for our country. And uh, uh, you, sir, deserve our support, our admiration, and our respect. My honor, gentlemen. You guys have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. 
Thank God you. bless you, sir. I wouldn't even take that guy's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank Dang. you for the call today. <laughs> great, great call. Uh, I got to get a commercial break in here. Uh, we'll uh, finish up. we got about six, seven minutes left, a couple minutes of commercials, and then we'll be back to finish up with Jimmy Kesson. Uh, thanks to Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a sponsor of this show and has been since its inception. Thank you, Joe Shoney, a local loan consultant with a heart. He's a customer service guy. Check him out online. You can go to socialsurvey.me, read the reviews, 566 reviews, and his <laughs> score is 4.91 out of five stars. I'd like to see a movie that was that good. Yeah, that's, that, those are good numbers. Give Joe a call today, 435. 435- Five five nine zero sixty three hundred. We're interactive on the Andy Griffin Show. Call in, call in at six seven three five eight nine zero or text in at four three five four six seven five eight four two. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. Interesting little text I got. Uh, this is actually from my son who listens to the program via the internet. He listens to the live stream of the program. And uh, he told me that on our live stream, there is a commercial playing bashing Republicans, uh, conspiracy election fraud, and saying to vote no on recalling Governor Gavin Newsom. Now, we can't hear that. For those of you that are listening live on the radio, or I'm not sure about the app, but apparently on the live stream, there's been a very couple of very interesting commercials played, Jimmy. Yeah, it's Strange. fascinating that uh, someone's spending money uh, complaining about the California recall in Utah. That would not yeah, seem to be no a good in- investment. Of course, you know, Democrats really don't care where you live compared to where you vote. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, been a great show today. We talked about yeah. Afghanistan a little bit. We talked about masks. Uh, it's, it's heartening, and you mentioned it briefly a minute ago. It's heartening, though, to know that our health department is... I mean, they're they're pretty logical. Yeah, Doctor Blodgett in, in is. Utah. You know, he's a good he's a good guy. You know, we cannot we can have agreements and disagreements with policy, but you know, they have been fairly uh, uh, sensible in coming out against these mandates. And you know, this I, I want to make sure that we get this in. You know, I am I am not anti-mask. I'm a, anti-mandate. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-mandate. You know, I don't speak about my vaccination status or non-status because it's nobody's dang business what my uh, 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 what I do other than me and my doctor and my wife. Those are the people that have a right to know what we're what our decisions are medically. And and again, it's these mandates from government that are uh, uh, not constitutional. They're a violation of our rights. There are there are. Uh, um, certainly times where uh, medical issues can come into play, but you know what we're these things have to be actually based on legitimate uh, 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 science and these mandates are are just ridiculous and they're going to come back to to bite the Democrats. One of the things that Dave Blodgett said to me a year and a half ago, and he's repeated it several times i don't know if we've ever talked about it on the air, but he's repeated it. he said. There never should have been a mask mandate. And I'm like, oh, so masks don't work. He's like, no, it's, it's not about the mask, kind of, kind of like what you're saying. It's not about the mask. There never should have been a mandate or a law saying we have to do this. He said, Utahns, he says, and that's who I'm in charge of here. I'm in charge of the five counties, southern Utah. If we had suggested people wear masks, that, that it might be a good idea, he said, most people would have done it. Instead, you're telling people, you have to do this, and it, it raises our hackles a little bit. We're like, wait a minute, you're, telling, you're trying to take my freedom away from me, telling me I have to do something? We don't like that. 
you know, it, it really comes down to, and, and, you know, speaking for myself and for conservatives, we will make intelligent decisions when we are able to look at facts. And there has been so much on the topic of COVID that hasn't lined up with science data. It's been, uh, uh, and that's where we say, wait a minute. Had a, a text from somebody who said, uh, read the box when you get a box of masks. It says right on it, they don't work. Right. <laughs> unless you're trying to, like you said, unless you're trying to keep some. Yeah, look, you need an N95 mask or KN95 that seals to your face with a breathing apparatus mm-hmm. to even think about having protection. How many people did you see wearing those? Uh, that would be none, I believe. Uh, but they're probably expensive, I'm guessing. They are. So. And, and you change them out every couple hours because if you wore a mask more than an hour or so and didn't dispose of it, it, it was already useless. He's Jimmy Keston. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for listening today, Jimmy. Thanks for coming on, man. It's Always a, a joy, Andy. Thank you. You can catch Jimmy Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7.25 a.m., giving his uh, political uh, slant on things. We love it here on KDXU. Time now for Travis and Sex.